Shalom, uh, brothers and sisters. Welcome back to this service. We've been talking about relationship, and uh, it is really uh, uh, very difficult issues in our life that we have to face all kinds of relationship with all its problem. But one kind of relationship that we have no choice over is our relationship in the family. You know, we're born into a family and this kind of relationship should never be broken. You know, in all the other relationships, we can choose our relationship, we can decide we are going to uh, walk away uh, from certain kind of people. But in a family situation, we are born into it and uh, we will need to learn how to treasure it, how to make it work in our relationship in the families. And that is true for our natural family. Maybe in another study, we are going to look at that a little bit deeper. But this, uh, for today, we want to look at it uh, from the perspective of a spiritual family. You know, we call one another in the church brother and sister. How real is this relationship? How deep is this relationship? So in order to really know how we uh, conduct ourselves in this kind of spiritual family, in the church family, in God's family uh, situation, we need to look at how Jesus take us in this uh, family situation. So, uh, look at the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, verse 19 to 21. Now, Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside, wait, wanting to see you. He replied, My mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. So, there is the family, mother and the brothers of Jesus coming to see what he's doing. And they couldn't get near to Jesus. And someone came. And this particular person uh, think that Jesus would prioritize his time, his attention to his mother and to his brothers because they are family. I think in church situation, a lot of times people act and behave in a different way when they relate to their own family members. Where else church brothers and sisters they are just like that's not my family well yes they are but they are not you know this is my family so i got to be good to my family but uh, the church one well you know that is how we see people react and then when it has to do with our own 
family members, oh, how we rise up, we begin to, to, to speak, we begin to fight for them. But if it's church matter, if it's something that is, uh, well, the, the problem that pastor is facing, that's his problem. That's not my problem. You know, but when it's my family member, it's different. I mean, we, we see that very often portrayed in this kind of relationship, portrayed in church situation. But we really need to know how God look at us, how Jesus look at this spiritual family. And here he is, his earthly mother and brothers. But he say, no, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God, listen to the word of God, and obey them, put them into practice. This is my mother, this is my brothers. So Jesus valued this kind of uh, spiritual relationship, this kind of commitment as his true family, over and above his natural uh, family. And uh, that means when Jesus look at us as sons of God, He's serious. We are truly the sons of God. When He look at us as brothers and sisters in the church, in the church family, He values this kind of relationship, this kind of bonding over and above the natural bonding. And... Uh, so, the, the eternal family ties in the house of God, in the household of God, is far, far deeper than the natural ties we have with our family members. And uh, we can see that... Uh, how Jesus valued people who have the same spirit with him, who have the same kind of commitment, who goes about the father's business, because this is what he's about. I must be about my father's business. And when we also have this same kind of motivation, desire to go about the father's business, these are the true brothers, true sisters, true mothers that Jesus looked at. And so in the church, it is also true. You know, people who serve with us, who, people who have the same commitment, same vision, same purpose, same spirit, they are far closer to us than the natural ties, the natural relationship. And that's why it's important that we understand how Jesus looked at us, this household, it is far, far more real, far, far more deeper than the natural family ties. And we need to ask ourselves, how do we carry ourselves in the household of God? You know, is, are those relationships more real, deeper than the natural, you know? Uh, one that 
we have. And uh, these are the, 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 what Jesus has described are the behavior of the true disciples. Those who listen to the word of God, put it into practice. That's, that's true disciples. And uh, Jesus values their, his relationship with, especially with this, this uh, 12 or 11 that he, he spent his life with, who, who serve him, who follow him, who have the same, uh, or trying to have the, the, the same heart and same commitment as him. And he values this relationship. Look at what he's described in Luke 22, verse 28 to 30. He said, you are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer on you a kingdom, just as my father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on the thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So there are people who say that when you go through trials, when you go through difficulties, that's the time where you can know who are your true friends, who have true relationship with you. And so here are the disciples who follow him all the way, despite of their weaknesses, they still, you know, stood by him uh, through all the trials. And Jesus remembered them remember them uh, so you treasure the those who help you especially when you are in needs they come they minister to you they they offer help to you and uh, so Jesus trust them and he say I confer to you I I give you my kingdom just like my father give me a kingdom, I give a kingdom to you. So can you see, this is how the Father treat Jesus, the only begotten Son. And Jesus is treating us the same, telling us that we are the true sons of God. Just like Father gave him a kingdom, he gave us his kingdom. And these are the ones who will enjoy special relationship with him. They will sit at his table and they will rule and reign with him in his kingdom. He share with them all that he has and, and they will be rewarded for how they relate themselves to him. So I hope that uh, we will reevaluate how we look at the household of God, look at the church, our relationship with one another, with, with, with the church. Is it that serious? Is it that deep? As Jesus take it. You know, these are his true brothers, these are his true mother who follow him, who obey put the word of God into practice and they are real, real, true family members. And then to Jesus, how Jesus 
look at our relationship with the Father because He's the only begotten Son. We are human beings, but yet He calls us the sons and daughters of the living God when we believe Him. But many of us, we still look at ourselves. We often confess we are just human, we are just human. We don't really know who we are, we don't really appreciate our true identity. So let's look at how Jesus looked at us so that we can truly realize our real identity as God would see us. And uh, Matthew 23 verse 9, Jesus taught, He said, Do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father and he is in heaven. Wow, Jesus is the only begotten Son. He knows the Father in heaven and, 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 and none of us know it. But now He's telling us that Father who is in heaven, His Father, is our Father. And it's so real and so true that you are not to call anyone uh, uh, on earth Father. So some people take it negatively. What kind of teaching is this? Who is this? What, you know? Yeah, you can take it that way. But that's totally wrong interpretation and understanding of what Jesus meant. Jesus is saying, do you know who you are? Do you know you really are the sons and daughters of the living God? Do you know your Father in heaven? Just like I know my Father who is in heaven. And when we can appreciate this verse, you will know Jesus really is conveying to us the message that we are the sons and daughters of the living God. And you see, after his resurrection, he told the disciples, I'm going to my father, your father. So when we are in the house of God, when we are in the church, brothers, sisters, do you know how real this relationship is? Do you know how deeply bonded we are? because of the blood of Jesus. So if you come into the church, you couldn't care less about the others, or you are just casually coming in uh, when you got time and you're not really committed to the church. Do you know, you don't really know who you are. You don't belong to the household of God. At least you have treated it that way, not Jesus. Because if you truly understand that he is your Father who is in heaven. You will know the reality of this spiritual bonding in the house of God. You will be going about the Father's business. You will be committed. So many of us, we sort of treat God in a very casual way, conveniently, maybe, just maybe when you see him, he said, I don't know you. 
It's true because you didn't conduct yourself as a true son, whereas I took you as a true son, but you did not. You take it so casually. You did not acknowledge that I'm the true father who is in the house, who is, who is God. And uh, to reinforce our true identity as sons and daughters of the living God, Romans 8 verse 15, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Once again, the scripture is re-emphasizing and telling us, hey, you are the sons of God. And God has made you, because you are so, you are the true sons of the living God. God has made you core heirs with His Son. And He's put His Spirit in you so that you cry, Abba, Father. And I hope these verses really go into us so that you will ask yourself, have I been living a true son's in the house or have I been a slave I just do as I'm told if no one asks me I don't care because this is not my house this is just the church are you a slave or are you a son do you serve to survive do you believe? Do you come to church for the sake of it? Because you want what is supposed to, to give to you? Or do you come because you want to? Because you belong? Because you are part of the house? Because you are sons and daughters of the living God? This is your home. This is where you are committed. This is where you serve. Or do you just come to fulfill a duty? Because you are a slave. But God has put His Spirit in us to cause us to cry out, Abba Father. And He has given us an inheritance. We are called as. And Jesus teaches us that this relationship we have in the house of God, in the church, should precede all other relationships. should be more real, should be more close, should be more loving, intimate, compared with all other relationships. Look at what he says in Luke 14, verse 26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. So can you see, Jesus look at our relationship in the house, in the family, household of God, in a, in a church. This relationship got to supersede all other relationships so that we will serve the Father 
we will follow the Father and we will minister to one another and, and, and this relationship is so real when we say brothers and sisters in the Lord, in the church this relationship is so real that it precedes all others and then finally to show that our relationship with God is so real that we are sons of God and that we uh, share in everything because we are true sons we inherit his inheritance he shares his, his kingdom his inheritance with us look at uh, Psalm 2 verse just now we read from Romans we call as of Christ but let's look at Psalm 2 verse 7 to 9 I will proclaim the Lord's decree, he said to me. You are my son, today I have become your father. Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. We know this psalm is a messianic psalm. It talks about the coming of God's son, Jesus. And God said to his son, You are my son today. I have become your father. So the only begotten son of God, the son of man, came into this world. God said, You are my son. Reaffirm who he is despite of his appearance, despite of his, uh, his embodied in the, in the human body with all his weaknesses. God says, You are my son. And this is good news because we who are sons of men, sons and daughters of, of this world, God recognizes us. God is also saying, you are my sons and you are my daughters. And to every sons and every daughters of his, God doesn't want us to, to, to limit what we are to do so he says to his son ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance the ends of the earth your possession in other words God is saying hey this whole creation that is created is for you ask me and I will give it to you and uh, we are all as sons and daughters of the living God. We are all doing something for the Lord. And God didn't want Jesus to just be focusing on saving some souls. He's saying, hey, ask me. I've sent you into the world for the kingdom. So that you will rule and reign in all of creation. Ask me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance so God the Father is saying to us you know maybe we have been focusing on something that is so small but God is saying ask me there are greater things that I have prepared for you and when he says I will give you the nations and you will rule over them and, and, and dash them to pieces God is really talking about the nations. 
Because later on in verse 10, he said, Therefore you kings, be wise, be warned, you rulers of the earth. See, he's talking of literary uh, nations. It's, it's not symbolic, it's nations. So God wants his sons and daughters to rise up so that we will take the nations. Ask from him. We, he wants us to rule and reign with him in his kingdom. And uh, we must understand the reality that we face. It's not necessary that all these kings will turn from their ways, their, their God, and turn to him. But through us, they will bow before him. They will honor him. They will acknowledge him. They may not accept him as their savior, but they will acknowledge him as Lord and King. Look at us. Continue to read. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate His rule with trembling. Kiss the Son. Kiss His Son. Or He will be angry, and your ways will lead to your destruction. For His wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are you who take refuge in Him. Kiss His Son. That's what I mean. They may not be able to come and declare that Jesus is the Savior, He's the Lord, He's the God. Despite of all the other belief that they have, they come and kiss the Son. So God wants us to, God wants us to rise up as sons and daughters and ask of Him for the nations, for the kingdom so that it will continue to advance and because he wants to reign over this whole earth through his sons and daughters. So this, uh, in this uh, teaching today, I hope it helps to open up our eyes to see who we really are so that we'll conduct ourselves in the right manner, we'll have the right relationship with the church, with the people in the church, with our brothers and sisters in the church. So that it will not be just like, well, you know, that's the church and this is me, this is my family. But rather, Jesus looked at this relationship as over and above all other relationships, all other human relationships. It supersedes. And He really sees us as his true brothers and sisters. We are the true sons and daughters of God. And he said, you have a father, the only father you have in heaven. So I hope we will treasure our, the relationship that God has put us into in his household so that we can enter into His promises and inherit what He has prepared for us. So that we will not lose out because we did not obey, you know, what He commanded us to do. Shall we pray?
Father, we thank you for putting us into your household, the household of God. You have made us sons and daughters of the living God. And you have given us a future, a destiny, an inheritance. And we want to pursue in your family to, to listen to your voice, to obey you, so that we may inherit this blessing and this inheritance that you have given to us. Open our eyes to see so that we will begin to build meaningful, deep relationship with one another because we are one spirit. We want to see your house being built up, your people being built up, your name being glorified. Lord, touch our hearts, open our eyes, change our ways, transform us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. We'll see you again.